This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. And how are you doing today, Ulrich? It has been an incredibly crappy week. Yes, yes it has been. It's been incredibly crappy, quite a stretch of time for me, since the second week of February, actually, so... Yeah, everyone I'm talking to is saying the same thing. I don't know... Dear it's off its access, if the moons are out of alignment, whatever nonsense you happen to subscribe to, burn some sage, get rid of the evil shit, or whatever. Well, why don't we talk about something really positive first, our patron sound off. So before we get into our topic for today, these are the people who make what we do uh, possible. I think that's how you put it, Ulrich. Anyway, these are the awesome patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, Arthur Crane, and Kevin Vahey. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong. Let me know. Anyway, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to our Patreon at Geeks with Shields. A dollar a month is 25 cents an episode, or even more cost-efficient than that, because sometimes we just put out extra stuff, and, you know, helps. So, today, why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about, Ulrich? Yeah, my, uh... My mind isn't exactly where it should be, and I thought we were going to dive right into the topic. Like, I wouldn't exactly call today's topic full of fun and joy. Uh, we're going to talk about BoJack Horseman, that Netflix series that just ended amid much controversy. Controversy, I guess? I, I mean, Well, a there was bit. the whole, was it canceled because they unionized, or was it canceled because Netflix ah. canceled stuff? And the answer just... to that is, nobody really knows. Like, um... I did some research... And best I can tell, they knew they were getting canceled, but so they just, you know, wrapped up the story. But no one knows. I don't know. It's weird. I, I can't. Cannot... it was a good place to end anyway. Like, it was long enough that I've got five solid seasons, but uh, it, or six, I don't remember, actually. Um, six seasons. Six. All right. I've got six solid seasons. It didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. It ended in a way I was really happy with. So it all works out for me. <laughs> yeah. For- <laughs> I, I, I stumbled into a rewatch of this before we recorded this. I was like, you know, I don't know how I feel about the ending. And since we're going to record this little buckler, I might as well go back and rewatch it, which is not something I would advise for anybody. Because well, I, I do, but... <laughs> do, do not, do not binge it. Do not binge it all at once. Yeah, maybe like a, a season at a time. <laughs> yes, as it was intended to be consumed... Because and we'll kind of roll this into our whole thoughts. Well, well hold on. Before before we get deep into it, uh, for anyone out there who has not actually watched the show, I actually know some people. I've talked with a bunch of people who didn't watch it because they just saw what it looked like and basically didn't. No one told them what it really is. I was like, one of those people for a while. Yeah. So so to those people, you've probably passed over or at least passing heard that there's this you know this show bojack horseman it was a netflix original it is this 
cartoon, there's an animation that looks very surreal because it stars a, a horse person, as in human body and like a horse head, essentially, in a world filled with animal people, and uh, it lampoons Hollywood. And that might be the extent of what you've heard. And that is true. And for the first six episodes, it's basically just a family guy kind of thing that's making fun of Hollywood. And when I say first six episodes, I mean of season one. And then it turns into something a lot more chilling and humanistic and philosophical and interesting. Which is uh, it's funny because they were actually like I don't remember which outlet it is, but some some outlet gave the show a C when it first came out because they only reviewed the first six episodes, then went back, watched the rest of the season, like changed their review score to an A, and updated their policy to watch entire seasons of shows before giving them you grades. You shouldn't review – if you're reviewing anything, you need to finish it before you can review it. That is bad policy otherwise. It's funny that just in Bojack Horseman's season one case, it's such a very strong delimination of the first six episodes, which are fine, to the latter half of the season, which becomes... It's funny. Like, I don't know if you've watched any of the post-series interviews with the voice actors, but they've all kind of said that, like, yeah, you know, we first did the first few episodes, like, oh, this is fine, this is great. And then, you know, about halfway through that season, we get to the meet, and we're like, oh, this is what we're doing? Okay. Yeah, so so again, anyone who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it just because it's one of is easily one of the best shows of the of the 2010s. Like, period. I put it in my you know personal top ten. I see a lot of people like online when they did the whole the top hundred shows of the 2010s. It was always in the top 20. It didn't always break the top 10, but still, it's it's a hugely important show that while it looks like it's a surreal, weird kind of thing, and it is, it also delves really deeply into some pretty dark places and some questions of uh, what does redemption mean? What does darkness like mean in regards to a show that you know is trying to hit both surrealism and realism at the same time? I can think of very few shows, if any, that have made me go across the entire emotional gambit of being extremely pissed off at characters to uh, complete, like, depression, looking at my own life in comparison to what was going on in the show. Like, there is... The point is, it's a very deep show, and it's worth watching. There's a lot yeah. going on. And I also realized that we kind of should look to this. There's going to be spoilers, because we're going to talk about the entire series right up to the end. Which is why I wanted to give this quick, like... If you're listening to this and for some reason you have not watched this whole show, it has my personal endorsement. I think Oryx too. So go go watch it before you listen to this. Yeah, I didn't watch it for the longest time because I thought it was just dumb, weird, surrealist humor. And I I don't – I think it was – And Ulrich doesn't like surrealism in general. No, and I don't remember what you said it was, but you said something that convinced me to give it another try. And I wish I could remember what it was you said that convinced me. I know it was at the end of season three when I finally, like, got you to watch it. And it was funny because I think I told you – I know I told you that, to me, it was one of the darkest shows I'd ever seen without transitioning over into, like, being cringily dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like emo dark. So it was just real dark. And – uh mm-hmm. And you, I remember you watched the first season, and then you sent me a text saying, eh, that wasn't really all that dark at all. And then I didn't hear you say anything about it for, like, years. 
and then suddenly I saw like a post of yours being like boat, you know, just this big. I don't even remember the words. I just remember that I saw a huge endorsement of BoJack Horseman from your account, and I was like, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I could remember what it was you said, but no, I started watching it because you know it was one of those Netflix droughts. It's like, yeah, I've heard BoJack. You said something. I started watching. Like it was good. And season three, that end of season three, really is a watershed. Kind of like uh, Game of Thrones, the Red Wedding's a watershed. Like, all right, yeah. you want to stick with us from here? Because if not, you can get off and you won't miss much. I mean, it's a good getting it off is, point if you're not comfortable. It is funny when you think about it, like from a grand show perspective, it's easy to see the first three seasons is building up to the end of season three. And everything that happens afterwards is basically a in some ways a reaction to i mean to be fair bojack is a great show when it comes to consequences like it's constantly building on its previous events and bojack is constantly and these characters are constantly dealing with the consequences of things that happened even seasons ago but particularly the thing that happens at the end of season three spoiler it's a death felt like it reverberated and was just always there for the remaining seasons yeah i remember after watching that i talked with a friend who was big into bojack like so you think they're gonna do a season four he's like no i mean season three feels pretty final like if they ended the show there it could work and i'm like yeah honestly you're right it really could end there but i want more i like this show and i think there's more stories to tell and ultimately i was right there were more stories to tell so and so more quick before we go happened. yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i apologize before we go into it here's the quick just for conversation overview of the the important points here so season one is primarily about bojack horseman and meeting diane nguyen and diane nguyen writing his biography and it ends essentially with him trying to write it himself in a amazing drug-fueled crazy night with two friends of his and it fucking sucks and so he just lets diane write her version and even though it is not flattering to him it's a being really successful boom Season one. Oh, also important bit, his old friend, his old Hollywood friend Herb, who he betrayed the fuck out of, dies of cancer and purposely doesn't forgive him. There's our big, like, emotional moment. Season two is mostly about uh, Bojack dealing with the success of the book and trying to use it to um, leverage things. I'm pretty sure – yeah, because season two is the – I don't remember at what point he – he leaves and goes to New Mexico, but it's near the end. And the most important thing that happens here is that he has this old acquaintance from years back who's living in New Mexico. He goes and stays with her. And then through a series of misunderstandings, maybe was about to sleep with the like 16-year-old daughter, but didn't. And that ends up being the thing that weighs on him entirely going forward. Anyway, season three is a movie, right? That's bojack trying to be secretariat which is basically this in universe like famous runner actually kind of there was a real horror anyway he plays this lead character in this movie and it's all about him doing that and oscar circuit and actually it was oscar yeah yeah because basically at the end the of it, oscar's next season uh i think season three was all just about no, the film. oh yeah right no it folds no, no. in together it's both parts you're right yeah yeah because season four is after again because season three ends with um after going through the entire movie thing he just gives up goes on this crazy drug bender with a child star who you know sarah lynn who he used to be with and then it ends with her death because she ods on heroin um anyway season four is 
primarily about dealing with the aftermath of that, but also introducing a new character named Hollyhock, who, so it's a lot going on there. Mostly the, the big emotional point here has to do with Bojack and how he uh, treats his family by someone he thought was a daughter trying to be a sister, his mother having dementia, stuff like that. Season five was our, oh, that's right, Bojack, it's a Netflix show. This is about him. What time is it right now? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not Netflix. Netflix doesn't exist in this. No, I, I like that joke. That was a good one. Yeah, every, every, everyone's getting a streaming service. If only they knew. Yeah, exactly. So Bojack gets a, uh, a gig as essentially a hardball detective, but he gets super addicted to pills, and it ruins like all aspects of his life till the point where he basically chokes a, a co-star. That leads us into – and all. by the way, I am just super skimming over. This is just for purposes of discussion. So season There's six – There's lots of fun jokes in between, folks. It's not all just depression and terrible stuff. There's some really good jokes in here. Yeah. So season six is all about consequences of basically the previous seasons. The first half of season six is about Bojack actually getting to a point where he seems like he's happy with himself and happy with his life and in a good place. And then the second half is about tearing it down because no matter how much – is trying to be a better person. He hadn't actually paid for his past mistakes yet, and he has to deal with that before he can really move forward. Anyway, and it ends on this kind of like this note of, hey, life is shitty. It's gonna keep being shitty, but you gotta keep trying. That's the only way to go forward is to keep trying. So, anyway, that's my loose, very loose <laughs> uh, overview of the emotional broad strokes of BoJack Horseman, mostly just the character, because this actually became an ensemble show. With yeah, like, like, he didn't even touch on Princess Carolyn's arc, which is really, really good. Yeah, and I like se- where they did that. Yeah, well, by season three, BoJack was kind of an ancillary character to his own show. Like, yes, his story was important, hence why I did it that way, but Princess Carolyn, Todd, Diane, all had, like, their own entirely separate arcs not connected to BoJack in any way by that point. And that continued. I think the you know show the creator of the show kind of realized that the fans were going to follow through. Like they were interested, he could go off and tell other stories, other people. He could view other perspectives because the first season really is the BoJack show, and then it does span out. I don't know it was interesting. Like I said I recently went back. Like recently, it has been you know within the last few days, finished my rewatch of the entire series. Seriously, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, and it really kind of cool to watch the, you know, show grow and change and Todd become a more complex character than just, you know, the lump on the sofa. Apparently that's just Aaron Paul's thing. Let's take a one note character and evolve it into a really deep, interesting, introspective character. <laughs> well, that makes sense. And the one reason to go back and rewatch this, there is so much background jokes and throwaway lines that come back in, you know, later. And kind of the reason I probably I ran into is you get to that final season, they start referencing things, and you're like, man, that was five years ago. I don't, I don't know if I remember that because I've never gone back and rewatched any BoJack after I finished a season. I just, I didn't have a desire to go back to. And one of the interesting things I found in going back and rewatching this from beginning to end like that is you really hate BoJack because every season up until he gets clean is. Bojack does a terrible thing. Bojack feels bad about doing a terrible thing. Bojack goes, oh, it's this terrible thing, then does the terrible thing again. Well, that's why one of the best moments is Todd's fuck. Because, again, everyone, this is famous at this point, but every season of Bojack uses the word fuck 
once. It's not because of a censor thing. It was just because they made it a very purposeful decision that they would only employ that word when when something was irreparably damaged, essentially, when a beyond repair. And I believe it was season three when Todd got to utilize his, where basically he just said to Bojack, you can't keep doing shitty things and then feeling shitty about it like that's going to make it better. It's you, man. Fuck. What else is there to say? It's something along those lines. I don't have the exact quote. But basically – I he, remember that line though. Yeah, he illustrates exactly the point you're making. Bojack is such an interesting character, not because he's good at, like at all. In fact, he's, he's a terrible person and who recognizes that he's a terrible person and can't stop himself from being a terrible person. But he keeps on trying to be better. But even that trying is a huge asterisk of a lot of the show is about him figuring out – what does trying to be better mean as he experiments with different things? This is a man who always thought that validation, validation that he didn't get growing up, was the definition of being a good person. So he tries to validate himself through his 90s show, through his book, through his movie, through his not Netflix show. Basically in season six, he kind of comes to this point where it's like the only validation that matters is uh, my own. And possibly Hollyhocks, but then that gets – that's a whole thing about that second half of season six that I love. But anyway. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I agree. They do kind of calm out on him. But until he goes to rehab, it is the same half-assed, I'm going to get better. And one, that really bugs me on a personal level because I've known people and it just – I have no patience for it. Either you're going to get your shit together or you're not. And I realized when I had, you know, the season spaced out, you kind of forget and you kind of, you know, move on. But when you're watching it back to back and you're seeing it, you're like, god damn it, Bojack. Just – just enough. That's the only, and um, it does get dark. I don't want to, you know, I'll say that I, I watched a lot of these terrible dark moments back to back and came out unaffected. But it was largely – my frustration with Bojack. Yeah, I just that's kind of what I love about Bojack as a character. He's not my favorite character in the show. My favorite he character. Be. Is, yeah. Well, favorite doesn't mean okay. I, that's that's one of those things where like saying that my favorite character used to be Rorschach, even though I recognize Rorschach was a terrible person in Watchmen. Anyway, um, Bojack. So like my favorite character is probably. I mean, I really like Hollyhock, but uh, I, I adore Princess Carolyn. Like, it's probably my favorite is Princess Carolyn. So. Yeah, see, I probably couldn't have answered that in before this rewatch, but now that I've done rewatch, it's Todd, and I should hate Todd. Like anyone that knows me would think that I hate Todd, but I like him because he has such a great character arc, and he's so genuine. Like also, Mr. one Peter. of the first, uh, what's the word? Very visible, openly asexual characters, like in television, at least that yeah. I know of, which is really cool. I only know what asexuality is because of Todd. I mean, I knew about it first, but that's that's cool to hear. I mean, that means the show taught you something. So Yeah, and no, I mean, people are like, well, what about Mr. Peanut Butter? Mr. Peanut Butter is genuine. No, Mr. Peanut Butter is not. The well, best he is, moment. but he's he is in a very different way. The thing I love about Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut Butter is he's a nihilist, but he's an optimist as well. He's an optimistic nihilist. That's why, like, my favorite, well... What used to be my favorite line in the whole show was a Mr. Peanut Butter line where he says something like, life is just a series of meaningless distractions until you die. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right. And I love uh, the voice actor that does Mr. Peanut Butter has the same favorite. Yeah, has the same favorite scene that I do. And it's when Mr. Peanut Butter realizes that it's his fault that all of his relationships have failed. No, I mean, Mr. Peanut Butter's arc is 
a lot about self-reflection because when I say Mr. Peanutbutter is a nihilist and an optimist, what I mean is Mr. Peanutbutter recognizes that nothing matters, so he's just going to have fun. He's just going to have a good time. That is his reaction to his realization that nothing really matters. But because of that, he's very self-focused and doesn't even realize it because his he gets enjoyment out of other people's enjoyment. And so a lot of his relationships are built on this concept of him constantly trying to be – well, he says it in like the second to last episode of the show or the third to last episode of the show where he's like – I always wanted to be – I was always being an us, and I was never being a me, and now I'm figuring out what I'm <laughs> Sorry, I'm still sick. <laughs> no, it's a really good show, and there's like, a lot to like about it. And there's a lot to like, you know, going back and, like I said, doing the rewatch. I gained so much more appreciation for the characters. And the funny thing is there are parts of the season that I thought happened much later, like the whole New Mexico arc. I thought that happened way later in the series. And no, it's just there in season two. I'm like, oh, God, wow. I forgot about yeah. this. I, also, I there's a ton of celebrity like, cameos just snuck in. Well, yeah. Like, them I, was literally, themselves. I was literally about to mention uh, Lisa Kudrow's Comatose Owl. And that's like, that's is that season two? I don't, that, that's pretty early, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but you don't, you think like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you as a character. And you were a really good character. And... <laughs> Uh, Jessica, oh, Biel. Jessica Biel <laughs> deserves props for, you know, her performance as herself. Here's the funny thing about Jessica Biel and other actors, like, because one of the first ones who turned them down was Andrew Garfield. And generally speaking, if you turn down the offer to play yourself, they're going to make fun of you more, essentially. <laughs> so, but Jessica Biel is almost the opposite, where Jessica Biel came on as, uh, and, you know, as Mr. Peanut Butter's second ex-wife, and they made fun of her. But then when she came on for the next season, apparently, according to the behind-the-scenes thing, she told them to crank it up, to really, like, you know, dig there. And that, and that resulted in the episode with Jessica Biel leading a fire cult and uh, killing Zach Braff. So <laughs> Poor Zach Braff, which he is such a weird inclusion in this series. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I never understood, like, why is Zach Braff here? Why is Zach Braff? Okay, because he gets record, mentioned a bunch. He's a running joke. For the record, my favorite Jessica Biel joke, though, is probably the one where she's talking about, uh, I think it was making a perfume, and she's like, and it's going to call, I'm going to call it the Bealist. And I think she's talking to Diane. Diane's like, you mean like Bealist? As in like Bealist actors? Yeah, so it's just such a, a jab at at Beale's you know career and the fact that Beale was game for it is apparently she was just super game for like all the jokes at her expense which is pretty cool. So my favorite one is the Halloween party when she says she's afraid of mummies because she lost a role in Brendan Fraser's The Mummy and uh, Mr. Peanut Butter thought that she was love interest and she's like I even dressed up as a mummy for our audition. Wait, you auditioned for the mummy in The Mummy and that's why you're afraid of mummies? Yeah. All right. Anyway. So this buckler's already gone too long, so let's, let's get to the meat. Yeah, we can talk about the series all day, but right here we mostly want to talk about the ending, particularly probably the last three episodes. So Yeah, I have gone back and forth and back and forth, and I still don't know if I like the ending. Let me address real quick, because when the ending came out, I went on and looked up a bunch of – I had my own opinion, but I usually like to find other people's reviews so I can find better words to put my opinion into – uh, perspective, right, or to describe it. And one thing I found was that uh, there was this split in the community of people who really liked the ending and people who thought that the second to last episode, the view from halfway down, should have been the ending. Mm-hmm. And 
And here's what I'll say about that. I prefer the ending as is, and I think that if you if the show had ended on the view from halfway down, that actually would have taken away from the show as a whole. Yes, it would have been a powerful, ambiguous ending, but it would have been one – like, what is that saying to the audience to end there? That's saying that this man who this show has largely been about his fuck-ups, his life, his attempts to be better, and then he just dies. That is – such a pessimistic, cynical message, which not saying that that's <laughs> there are shows where that would be incorrect. But Bojack was never a show about cynicism. It was a show that was about facing reality and moving forward, always trying to be better, even when things are shitty. So that feels like a it would be in a, 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 a slap to the face of the actual intent or the seeming intent. I don't claim to know the actual intent, but the seeming intent of Bojack as a show. Whereas the final episode being a, yeah, things will continue to be bad and you still have to, but you keep moving forward. You keep trying, you keep working, you don't give up period. You know, that really appeals to me. I also saw a lot of people saying that they feel like Bojack got off too easy at the end. Like the fact that he didn't have to pay for, all this thing, you know, and I think that's just wrong entirely. You go back and watch it because it's all that last half of that season is all about him finally suffering and, you know, paying for every bad, terrible, horrible thing he did. Think about where Bojack is at the end of this series. Every single person who has been important to him has essentially moved on from him. Literally the most important person in his life, Hollyhock, told him in a letter that we as the audience didn't even get to see, but was obviously so devastating that he fell off of his sobriety of like over a year because it hit him so hard. She cut him out of his life <clears throat> entirely. And she was the last thing that he was like putting all of his, this is why it's worth it on. <clears throat> so the fact that that happened and that he has to keep on going, still has to keep on existing, that isn't punishment. I feel like him dying would have just been him getting off easy that and there instead instead we have to watch him continue to continue to deal with and move forward and struggle and that is the you know the price that bojack has to pay which is why my favorite line in the series now is the one at the end where bojack says to diane you know life's a bitch and then you die but then diane says yeah but sometimes life's a bitch and then you keep on living yeah no i i i've gone back and forth and i'm still not sure i like where it ended i guess i should clarify i do i like the ending but a part of me does wonder and a part of me does like the idea of him dying because we talked about this way way back when and i think or at least i think it was you and we said you know how does this show end and i, I think i said like he has to die i don't think he's ever going to get better and i don't see the show ending with him getting better so i think the only natural thing is either he dies from something like sarah lynn did or he kills himself you know i remember thinking that a bojack suicide it would make sense as an ending but this was well, back they even in like, hint at it in the opening this was back in season four i think because this was with me you had this conversation but now that i've gotten through the whole series i no longer agree with that example like you just said um the show couldn't end with him being better uh, or getting better and i think that that is accurate but at the same time again i think the point is that there is there is meaning and there is purpose and there is worth in the effort and that that's a lot of what 
the story of Bojack is trying to tell us is, hey, there's this person here who, at least from an objective and you know from an audience perspective, he's never going to get better. In fact, Todd even addresses it in the end. The show short up says where Bojack says to Todd, what's going to happen when I get out of jail and then I, I fall off the wagon? And Todd says, then you'll get back on. Basically, it's the show acknowledging he's going to keep fucking up in the future. He's not going to stop making mistakes, but it's worth it to keep trying to be better. That effort has inherent intrinsic worth in the effort to be better. I can get that. But I also the reason I kind of like and as I was watching it when I realized I was thinking, oh, my God, they're going to do the ending that I thought they were going to do. They're going to kill him. They're going to have him commit suicide. And the whole kind of point that made sense in my mind as I was watching it and still kind of resonates and makes sense with me now is he tried. He did try and get better. And you only get so much time. And in the end, he tried and he didn't, you know, he 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 didn't. He did as much good as he did, but he also had to address that's it. It's over. It's done. You've done everything you possibly can. And guess what? You're still leaving shit behind. And to me, that would almost work as an ending, uh, you know, Bojack's funeral. And it's like, well, he tried. But he also, even, you know, the suicide letter to, you know, the call to Diane and the guilt that would put on him would be very dark and terrible, but would be a perfect representation of Bojack and the nature of toxicity in that even in death, he is still fucking shit over for people. Which, again, to me is a, a message that I don't think is actually in line with the show as a whole. Like, I can... See, I don't... I can go either way because it really is... Like, that whole season, you seems to be driving home that Bojack is a toxic person. People who associate with Bojack are going to get hurt and that they're getting, they, they have to get away from him because if you don't, he's going to drag you down. And that was kind of like, I, I get where they're going because I don't think they wanted to go that dark. Well, yeah, I think that a part of what you're saying is true and that the people who had been exposed to his toxicity definitely are better off getting out of it. But I think that also the show didn't want to say just because someone's toxic doesn't mean they don't have some sort of worth. And that if someone is toxic but trying to be better, that is worth something. Like the show I don't think is trying to say – because again, if you end it with just him dying, then essentially what the show would be saying is toxic people should just die and that would be better. And that just didn't feel to me like what the ethos of the show was, was trying you know, was trying to be. See, I'm not sure because they have said they knew they were getting canceled, so they started wrapping up plot lines. And some of it kind of shows. Like there are a yeah. few niggling little plot lines. And I don't know, it, even still, that opening for the longest time was Bojack falling into the pool. And that's why when, you know, he falls into the pool and he's drowning, like, wow, they've been telling us from the very beginning this is where it was going to end. And I just wonder if that would have been the more powerful message to end on is that he tried and that he did do good. But ultimately, he also did a lot of bad, and he left a lot of damage, and sometimes that's just the way it, it goes. I feel like it's almost like they had the the opportunity to go with – they had these two endings, right? There was the uh, – essentially an ambiguous or, well, a pessimistic and mean-spirited and darkly cynical one, and they went with one that was more bittersweet and I think realistic – like I think the one they went with was more indicative of how uh, of how they at least see reality as functioning. So yeah, and it very much really kind of could come down to your own personal perspectives. 
because I, yeah, I really struggle said, this with is, this a lot. Also, don't get me wrong. The View from Halfway Down is probably like my third favorite episode of the entire show and easily, easily one of my favorites just for the aspect that it is a giant anti-suicide message. Like I'm one of those people who got really pissed off at the mere existence of 13 Reasons Why. Not to mention the fact that I actually watched a good portion of it and I thought it was not very good. But the fact that it seemed very suicide glorifying pissed me off to some like extreme degree that – anyway, I'm not going to go off on a rant about that. I'm going to skip around that one. I don't want to touch that one with the 10-foot pole. Good for I you. I will say I, this. I'll stick it shouldn't my have gotten a second or third season. That I will call bullshit on. That is just – no. That should have been a single season. You know what? Fans, whatever, can attack me. I don't care. This is just how I feel. I, I know that they apparently course corrected in the second and third season. I don't know. I didn't see that. This is just yeah. how I felt at the time. <laughs> but but the point is that The View from Halfway Down is a 22-minute episode, and particularly the poem, The View from Halfway Down, and the scene in which it's recited is like a a, a minute-long scene that is one of the most powerful anti-suicide messages I've ever seen in television or movie. And it is glorious for for that reason you know yeah and then we got random zach braff is back again because zach braff has been a running joke of this series that i may never fully understand why for the record just because we're doing this recording right now my absolute favorite episode of bojack horseman is easily you stupid piece of shit which is all about what it's like inside bojack's head and that's unfortunately, a good episode and unfortunately it's depression yeah yeah, and unfortunately, I related far too much to uh, to that episode, and I, I'm not proud to say that, but... No, that, that is a great... It's not my favorite, but it's a great episode in visual example of what depression looks like. Anyway, so that's my feelings on the ending. I really like the ending. I feel like it's not a perfect ending, but that's kind of the point. It ends in such a way that's like, hey... There, are, It literally says, we could make more seasons, because there's going to be more things happening, but why the all the front all of bojack's people have drifted away from him and this life's just going to continue so we're just choosing this point to stop sharing the story and that felt very again like reality because you know as the man said nothing really ends it's kind of the case here and i think that's very appropriate yeah so be sure to let us know what you thought of the ending whether you liked it whether you thought bojack should have died whether you liked it how it ended, or if you would, what we would have tweaked, and maybe your favorite character, because there's, like I said, there's a lot of great background characters. I still love the joke going way back to season one of Neil the Navy Seal and Bojack fighting with the troops. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about Bojack for literally hours, but let's let's uh, let's take us out to the end here, and at which point, Ulrich, tell them then what platforms we're on. We are currently on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. As always, if you want us on another one of those plat- platforms that we didn't list, let us know, and we will look to be get there, because we want to be wherever you are. And thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all those other things that I'm supposed to ask you to do, because it uh, somehow in the crazy mechanicum of this actually helps us it does really i'm not i'm being facetious but it, it does Ulrich knows more about it than i do but you know the more people see it the more that we can grow the more we grow the more we can do so as always this has been axel wright and his shield brother lord commander Ulrich. be sure to tune in next time and as always stay honorable